Hello and welcome into the show, Kingdom Conversations. I'm your host, Pastor Kayla McCall. Tune in weekly as we do Kingdom Conversations with Kingdom leaders across the globe. I'll be doing interviews with the Fivefold Ministry and leaders from all around the nation of America and the globe, where we talk everything about the kingdom and what God is doing. Also, I'll be adding sermons in from my church, the Legacy Church there in Shelbyville, Tennessee, where we talk everything kingdom and have a kingdom mindset for kingdom expansion. Let's get to today's episode. Stand with me for the reading of God's word. It is our custom here at Legacy Church. I'm coming from Psalm 103, chapter 103. And yes, we are reading the whole chapter. Come on. Because some of y'all ain't read your Bible all week. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise for the Lord's mercies. This is a psalm of King David. Amen? I don't have it on my iPad, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it off the screen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Touch your neighbor and tell him that God has benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercy. He doesn't just give it to you. He crowns you with it. He he crowns. He makes a crown out of his loving kindness and his goodness, and he places it on your head. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, Lord, I'm going to preach it here in a minute. But did you know that God wants to give you good things? Amen. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Amen. He made known his ways to Moses and his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Translation, you ain't got what you deserved. Come on, somebody. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. God know you a dirt bag. Come on, somebody. <laughs> as for man... His days are like grass as a flower of the field. So he flourishes for the wind passes over it and it is gone and its place is remembered no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children. To such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, 
you his angels who excel in strength and who do his word, heeding to the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. He's talking about the angels. Bless the Lord, all his works. And in all the places of his dominion, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Father, over the next couple of moments, I ask that you would help me to teach and preach this word today, Father. Hide me behind the shadow of your cross today, God. May they not see a man, but God, may they see you. May they hear the words from the scriptures today, and may they penetrate and deeply impact their hearts that it would bring forth a crop and a harvest that cannot be counted. Lord, we give you all the glory and the praise for what you're about to do in this place. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. And the church said, Amen. 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 You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Y'all know how I preach, so y'all bear with me as I set the table this morning. Amen. I don't really have a title for today's uh, message. I'm, I'm, I'm top, talking topically this morning with mercy and the fear of the Lord. So I guess if I had a, a, a title today, it would be mercy and the fear of the Lord. And I usually preach in series, as I said earlier, and um, I've been preaching some standalone messages, but this is going to ease us into our next series where I'm going to be discussing the grace of God and the hard truth of God. Oh, come on, somebody. I said the grace of God and the hard truth of God. Amen. Because we don't get to separate the two. Jude, the brother of Jesus and the apostle, in one of his chapters, his, his one and only chapter, it's one chapter in the Bible, the book of Jude. But he tells them as he opens up, he says, my wish was that I could write to you and talk about the precious faith and the salvation that we both share. But yet I am having to write to you because there are men who are perverting the gospel. They are perverting the scriptures and they are telling you that grace is a license for sin or that grace is a license for lawlessness. That's what we call greasy grace. Come on, somebody. Where I can do what I want and then God will just forgive me. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It ain't none of y'all in here. Don't worry. But uh, y'all know who I'm talking about. But, but don't get me wrong. The grace of God is a powerful thing, and it's actually way stronger than you could ever think or imagine. The grace of God is way stronger than you could ever think or imagine. And the grace of God is able to cover more than you could ever think or imagine. Because we as people, we tend to hold grudges and we tend to count things against people. But the Bible just told us that as far as the east is from the west, so there is your sin. Amen. So we're going to have this little discussion today about mercy and grace of God. Amen. How many of you know that we all need grace and mercy? You better wave at me right now. I'm going to have your neighbor slap you. Come on, somebody. Come on. We need grace and we need mercy. I don't care how long you have been serving God. I don't care how many scriptures you memorized at vacation Bible school when you was a kid. You need the grace and the mercy of a good God. I need the grace and the mercy of a good God. Amen. We need the grace of God. And I want to give you a remedy to get you to receive the grace and the mercy of God 
Amen. As you maneuver in the kingdom. If you're ready for more of this information, I need you to slap your neighbor and tell him I'm getting to the mercy seat. I'm getting to the mercy seat. Hallelujah. Here we go. So the first key I want to give you is this. David there, who who writes and pens the psalm of Psalm 103, he starts out and he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. So point number one I want to give you is this. He enters in with thanksgiving and praise. I said he enters in with thanksgiving and praise. This psalm is written by King David. And if anybody knew proper protocol to get into the presence of the king, it was King David and it was also Moses. You see, we are part of a monarchy. We are not a part of a democracy. Touch your neighbor, tell them we're in a monarchy. Come on. We are in a kingdom. We're not in a democracy. And can I just say this? There is protocol and a monarchy to get you an audience with the king. Come on, somebody. So David here is penning a psalm, and he is penning a song and a psalm that is about mercy. And the first thing that he does is that he teaches you about protocol to get in front of the king. He teaches you about protocol to get in front of the mercy seat of God. He's coming to God in a time of needing mercy. Amen. And he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Paul puts it like this. Paul says, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Come on. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Moses puts it like this in Psalm 100. He says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts, into the inner court of heaven with praise. Amen. So there is protocol to get an audience and and into the presence of God with the king. And step one is praise and thanksgiving. I said step one is praise and thanksgiving. I'm going to say it till you get it. Praise and thanksgiving. Come on. The way that you enter into the presence of God is with praise and thanksgiving and with a thankful heart and with gratitude on your mind and gratitude in your heart and gratitude in your spirit. That is the very thing that gets you into the presence of God. On my Wednesday night, folks, will know what I'm talking about. I preached on praise and thanksgiving and it wasn't even the holiday. Come on, somebody. But the way that you enter into the presence of an almighty God is with thanksgiving and praise. Let me tell you this. You do not just fly up in the face of the king any your way that you want to. See, we live in a democracy and you can't just pick up the phone and call the president any old time that you want to. If you can, I need his number. I got some things to discuss with him. But 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 see, you, you don't just get to fly up in the face of the king any your way that you want to. Come on, somebody. Come on. You've got to enter in the right way. Come on, we in the streets would say you got to come correct. Come on, somebody. You don't just get to fly up in the face of the king any old way that you want to. See, what we want to do is that what we do is that we fly up in the face of God with our laundry list of problems and we want to flop in the face of God and tell them what we need and tell them what we want and tell them what we believe in for but you are breaking protocol when you do that and when you break protocol you don't get an audience with the king 
See, some of us were frustrated because God isn't answering our prayers. And can I just admit and say that is a very frustrating place to be with a God that you can't see, but a God that you can only hear. And you're speaking to him and telling him what you need, but there is no response. I'm teaching real good. Because what happens is you have broken the protocol to even get an audience before God. And let me help us this morning. God does not answer 100% of the prayers that he does not hear. If he isn't even hearing you, he can't answer you. And let me say this while I'm here too. God has three answers in his repertoire of what he's going to say to you. Yes, no, and not right now. Touch your neighbor and tell them, yes, no, and not right now. It, it does not mean that God doesn't love you because he doesn't give you the answer that you want or he doesn't give it in the time frame that you want it. His answer is yes, no, or not right now. See, see we want to blame God when we get a no. He told you no. And watch this. We serve a good God. So a good God protects his kids. Maybe God told you no because it wasn't the right time. Maybe God told you no because you didn't have no business doing it. Maybe God told you no because you didn't have no business being there. Maybe God told you no to protect you from something that you cannot see. For he is an all-knowing, foreseeing God. Amen. And so his answers are yes, no, and not right now. But we can't get frustrated with that. Amen. So we've got to follow the proper protocol. You enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Paul says rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Count it all joy. Right? He says rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. He says, he says be anxious for nothing, but instead with prayer and and supplication, make your request known to God. You want to know what Paul is saying? He said, pray and then pray some more. Pray and then pray some more. That's what supplication is. Supplication is prayer. So he says, by prayer and by supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Come on. I know it ain't November yet, but we're working our way there. But Thanksgiving is a key that gets you into the presence of God. It is a key that gets you through the gate. It is a key that gets you into the inner courts and gets you into his presence. Come on, help me preach this morning. I'm telling you that Thanksgiving is a very important part and a very important key to getting your prayers heard and getting your prayers answered. God can't answer the prayers that he does not even hear. When you come with your laundry list, what happens is them angels and the, at the end of that text, they carry you on out before you ever get a chance. Come on, security guards, wave at me in the room. Somebody get carried out and start acting crazy. But the angels of God don't even let you get in the presence. There goes that thing. But by prayer and by supplication, make your requests known to God. Let me blow your mind right here, too. Supplication is not just prayer, but it is prayer with posture. Supplication is when the posture of your heart matches the posture of your body. Come on. 
You, every, y'all ever say, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I like history and stuff, so I'll be watching them old corny movies about, like, kings and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? And every time that they walk into the presence of the king, they bow, and they start giving a big, long laundry list of his victories and what he's done good and, and how he's done it and how great he is. Can I just say that that, that that is how God works, too? God just cannot resist a praiser said God cannot resist a praiser. That's why David can get caught up in his mess and David can get caught up in his mistakes, but yet God still turns around and makes a statement and says that he's a man after my own heart. He's a man that said, when I become king, we're going to get back the Ark of the Covenant and the glory and the presence of God is coming back with me. He was a worshiper and he was slaying cattle about every six steps and it was a bloody and it was a gory mess but he was praising all the way to the palace I said he was praising all the way to the palace he was running he was shouting he was dancing because he said the presence of the Lord hadn't been with us but from this day forward if I'm gonna be king we gonna worship if I'm gonna be king we gonna praise him if I'm gonna be king he's gonna be the focal point and at the center of our worship and of our nation By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Do you want to know what the word that David used for praise in that text? There's seven Hebrew words for praise, and one of them is barak. You like that, mama? I rolled my tongue. <laughs> but I can't do it again. Now I done messed up. Barak, do you want to know what Barak means? Barak means praising and prayer with posture. He said, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless his holy name. Barak the Lord with posture in his body. You want to know what prayer with posture is? It's when we get up to these altars and we kneel. Come on. Prayer with posture is when we lay on our face before a holy God and and an ever-present God and we lay down in his presence. Come on. Posture can be where you bow your head and and you fold your hands out of reverence and respect for God. But don't, don't, don't miss this now. See, this is also a form of praise. See, we in the church, we think, well, especially in our circles, we in the church, we tend to think only running laps and shouting and dancing is praise. But the Bible said that Barak is praise, that Barak bless the Lord. Do you understand that it blesses the Lord when you pray with posture, that the posture of your body matches the posture of your heart? But I'm moving on here, but don't miss this. It's thanksgiving and praise that gets you a presence and an audience with the king. Amen. Amen. How many of you know we have a lot to be thankful for? Come on, I said we have a lot to be thankful for. 
Come on, I'm going to say it till you get it again. I said we have a lot to be thankful for. Come on, you can be thankful for the blood. You need to be thankful for the cross. You need to be thankful for what he's given you. You need to be thankful for your spouse. You need to be thankful for your job. You need to be thankful for your finances. You need to be thankful for your ministry. You need to be thankful for the career he's given you. You need to be thankful, be thankful, be thankful. And then when you get done praising him and blessing him for all the physical things, you can bless him for the spiritual things. Come on. You can bless him and praise him for the fact that he handpicked you. You can bless him and praise him for the fact that you're chosen. You can bless him and praise him for the fact that you've been predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. You can praise him and thank him that he protected you. You can praise him and give him praise and thanks for every single thing that he's done in your life. If you believe that, give God a shout of praise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Now, here we go. Point two I want to give you. I'm going to get excited with these first three points, and then I'm going to get out of the way, and we're going to get reverent again. But watch this. Don't miss this. Number two, the Bible said, forget not all his benefits. Forget not all his benefits. This is the part where some of you are going to lose your mind. Because if you know, you know. And if you don't know, you're fixing to know. And if you don't know, now you know. Yeah, I quoted Biggie. Forgive me. (laughs) But there are benefits to serving God. I said there are benefits to serving a good God. There are benefits to serving a great God. David says here, do not forget all his benefits. You need to praise him for his benefits. Don't forget that he's saved you and forgiven you of all your iniquities. Come on. Don't forget that he's healed you of your diseases. Don't forget that he's redeemed you and your blood bought, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost and power. Come on. Don't forget he saved you when no one else could. He pulled you out of the whorehouse. Yeah, I said it. Whoremonger is a word in the Bible. Come on. He pulled you out of the crack house, the smack house, even when you wouldn't tap out. I wish I could find a worshiper in this place. Come on. You serve a great big God who served you, who has saved you and healed you, and he has given you every benefit. He's get blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I wish I could find a worshiper who says I'm ready to worship a great big God with great big benefits. Come on. God doesn't just want you to be blessed physically. He wants you to be blessed spiritually and he's given you everything that you need. He's given you everything you need pertaining to holiness and godliness. He's given you everything that you need because he wants your soul to prosper. He wants your body to prosper just as your soul has prospered. Come on, I said he's given you every benefit. Slap your neighbor, tell him I'm getting the benefits of God this morning. Hey, come on, don't forget about everything he's given you. Don't forget about the benefits of serving God. I'll give you one benefit you ought to give God a shout of praise for, and that's favor. Hey, I said I wish you'd give a shout of praise to a good God 
for favor because guess what? Favor ain't fair, baby. And you got a level of favor if you're walking as a Christian. You've got a level of favor if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. You have a level of favor if you've said yes to Jesus. You've got a level of favor if you're a prayer warrior. You've got a level of favor if you're a church goer. You've got a level of favor if you're getting that word and you're getting that bread and you partake every single day. I said you've got a level of favor that when you step into a room, you can take over the room and rooms that you don't even belong in. Let me tell you something else good about favor. Favor is when God gets to talking about you, not when you get to talking about you. See, the Bible says that Ruth found favor in the sight of Boaz. But did you notice Ruth didn't say a thing? Ruth was just being faithful. Ruth was just gleaning. Ruth was just on the back end of the field. Ruth was just minding her business. Ruth was just doing what God had told her to do. Ruth was just being what God had told her to be. But Ruth got some favor because she started walking in righteousness and holiness and she didn't abandon God when her sister went back to Moab. I wish I could find a worshiper that says I ain't going back. I can't go back. There's nothing over in Moab. I'm going to Bethlehem, Judah, where the bread and the praise are. Oh, y'all better sit down. We ain't going to get out of here. But she, she found fa- See, favor is when God gets to talking to, about you to other people. All the people in the town started, that's Ruth. By the way, he said, who is that? <laughs> Wasn't just her looks, it was her faithfulness. Wasn't just her looks, it was her faithfulness. I'm sure she was pretty. She wasn't as hot as my wife, but I'm sure she was pretty. <laughs> but, but she was faithful and she gained favor. Favor is a great benefit of God. Moving on. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Verse 5 here says, he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to say this even at the risk of some Facebook theologian or some YouTube theologian calling me a heretic on the Internet. Because guess what? I ain't scared of none of y'all. Let me just say that. God wants to give you good things. The Bible just said that he wants to satisfy your mouth with good things. In other words, your appetite for the good things that you want in this life, God is willing to give them to you. Slap your neighbor and tell him God loves me. God wants good for me. His plans are to prosper me. His plans are not to harm me, but his plans are to give me a future and a hope. Come on. And when he get, watch this, God wants to satisfy you with good things. And then there's a result at the end of it. It says, the Bible says, not me. So, so y'all listening. So that your youth is renewed like eagles. 
when it when you get the good things that you've been believing God for, it rejuvenates you. Come on, so I said it rejuvenates you. It motivates you when you begin to see your prayers get answered. It motivates you when you begin to see God move and give you favor. It motivates you when you see God answering the call, when you see God answering your prayers and doing what it is that you've been contending and believing for in the prayer closet when nobody's around. Come on, somebody. It it, it motivates you. It rejuvenates you. It renews your strength when you see your God being God. Come on, it rejuvenates you. And yes, I'm talking about the spiritual things, but God is also talking about the physical things. Oh, help me, Jesus. Y'all ever met those people that are just too spiritual? Help me, Lord. They They just so spiritual. God told me to wear this purple dress today. It's going to be a move of God when I twirl this thing. (laughs) Just kidding. But sometimes we can be so spiritual that we can get flaky. I ain't got time for that today. But but, but God loves it and will give you the spiritual things when you earnestly seek them. He wants to satisfy your soul and your appetite with the good things and the spiritual things. Don't get me wrong. He, he wants to fill your appetite with words of wisdom. He wants to fill your appetite with words of knowledge. He wants to fill you with tongues and interpretation of tongues and prophesying and the discerning of spirits and healings and miracles and signs and wonders. God wants to fill your appetite with all those things because you need all those things. I don't know if y'all miss it around here, but we Holy Ghost filled. We are spirit gifted and we love Jesus and we exercise in those things because we unashamed of the gospel for it is the power of the gospel that is able to save men and bring them unto salvation I'll never put the Holy Ghost on a shelf I will never put the Holy Ghost in the back corner this is the Holy Ghost service this is a Holy Spirit led church and we're going to do what God says do and if it's in this book we're going to preach it and if it's in this book we're going to teach it and if it's in the book we're going to operate it if you're happy to be in a spirit-filled church. Praise God right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew I was around some Holy Ghost Christians. Now watch this. I know I'm in jeopardy of getting in trouble, but that's all right. Watch this. I got Bible for it. Did you know God wants you to be a homeowner? Uh, Come on, he wants you to pull out of the poverty level and out of a poverty mindset. Come on, he wants you to prosper just as your soul prospers. And your soul is the most prosperous, richest thing on the face of the earth because it's never going to die and it's going to walk on streets of gold one day. Your soul is very prosperous. He wants to bless you. My Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your hearts. Come on. Hey, if you've got money and, and you're giving to the kingdom, if you got some money laying around and you're giving to the kingdom, go ahead. Go get you that car, sister. Go ahead. Go get you that car, brother. Come on. Go get you that nice dress, ma'am. Sir, go get you that tool set. I know your wife got a honey-do list a mile long for you. Come on. Go get that Taylor guitar, Tyler. Come on, somebody. Where Lindsay at? Michael need a new guitar right now. I feel this by the Holy Spirit. Oh, there he is. He waving in the back. (laughs) 
me, me and my brother Ricky, we was, we was riding down the road Friday. We was going to get in some trouble. <laughs> we was going to get in some trouble. And we were riding down the road. We're riding down the road. And we began talking about this because it reminded me of a testimony that he had shared with us a while back. You know, sitting in the line at Hardy's, he was sitting in the line at Hardy's and he was he'd been praying and and uh, I'm just going to go ahead and say this. I could be wrong, but you might have even been feeling like some guilt about buying a truck. He was asking, God, I I really need a new work truck. And I I don't know. This is this is this truck, some a good amount of money. And God, I really need an answer right now about should I buy this truck or should I not? And so he's sitting in the line at Hardy's and he lays a fleece before the Lord. How many of you have ever heard of fleece? Of a fleece. Gideon lays out a fleece and he gets the answer. So he lays out this fleece in the Hardy's line. And he says, God, I'm torn between the two. I don't know which direction to go. If the next person in line buys my breakfast, I'm going to get this truck. And guess what happened? You can't make this stuff up. He bought the truck. I rode in it Friday. But that's what I'm, God, God wants to take care of you. God wants to satisfy you with the spiritual blessings, but he's okay with letting you have physical blessings too. As long as the physical blessings don't have you, you have the physical blessings. I love cars. Come on, somebody, Ricky. Shh, Ricky, Ricky, shh. I love cars. But you want to know one reason that has set me up to have two of them. I only got two because I know y'all be talking. Somebody be talking. I got two. But you want to know one thing that I think has qualified me in the courts of heaven to have a couple cars? It's because I've given a couple away. That ain't for this. I'm telling you, do you have the stuff or does the stuff have you? God is okay with blessing you. God is okay with taking you to greater heights and new levels. But if the stuff has you, it'll, he'll rip it from you real quick. If your faith is found in the stuff, that's a good way to get it taken. But if you say, God, I ain't have a thing if it wasn't for you. If you bless the Lord, oh, your soul, and say, God, without you, I have nothing. And without you, I am nothing. And you give God credit first. What will happen is that he'll turn it around and bless you even more and don't do it because of that do it because the posture of your heart wants to see the glory of God invade a room and you do it because when somebody asks you how are you able to do the things that you are doing you are able to say it is because of the Lord if it had not been for the Lord God on my side I would have never made it I would have never been anything I could have never accomplished nothing I feel this. God wants to satisfy your soul. God wants to satisfy you with the good things. Y'all all right? I got a couple more minutes. Because you're going to like this one. Watch this. God is not mad at you. God is not mad at you. Again, I'm going to say it till you get it. God is not 
mad at you. Don't touch your neighbor. Look him in the eye. I'm so serious right now. Look him in the eye. God is not mad at you. God is not mad at you. Watch this. Watch this. Verse 4. Don't get weird now, y'all. Come on now. I'm just kidding. Some of y'all staring at your neighbor's eye. Look at your wife and look at your husband. <laughs> I'm kidding. Watch this. Verse 4. Verse 4. We got to get holy again. Everybody chill. Here we go. Verse 4. Watch this. The Bible says that he crowns you with loving kindness and mercy. <laughs> he he crowns you with loving kindness and mercy. Loving kindness isn't a word that we use very often in our culture and in our society. So I looked up the definition. Do you know that it means tenderness and consideration toward others? Loving kindness. The definition is this. It is tenderness and consideration towards others. The Bible just told you that God is tender towards you and he is considerate of you. The God who spoke the earth into existence, the God who said, let there be light and it come flying out of his mouth at 186,000 miles per second. That's the speed of light, by the way. That God whose spirit hovered above the waters as the earth was without form and void. That God wants to show tenderness to you, and he wants to be considerate of you. And the Hebrew meaning of it is this. Watch this. Giving oneself fully with love and compassion. Giving oneself. The God, the creator of the universe, wants to give himself to you in love and in compassion. Yet we want to preach a fire, dragon-breathing God who is ready to smite you every time you make a mistake. But it ain't in there. It isn't in there. We serve a tender and compassionate. Don't get me wrong. There's still judgment. We're going to get to this stuff in a second. But when you are a Christian and you are a believer, can I just help you today? That 100% of the time that you make a mistake and you go to the Lord in repentance, he forgives you 100% of the time. The Bible says if you are faithful to confess your sins to him, he is faithful to forgive every single one of them. Now, what you do with this, too, determines whether you have real repentance or whether you're just saying, I'm sorry, because there is a big difference. But I'm encouraging you today that 100% of the time when you make a mistake and you authentically go to the Lord in repentance, and you say, God, I blew it 100% of the time. His loving kindness, that tenderness and compassion will flood your heart. And it is finished. It is finished. Didn't Jesus hang on the cross and say that? That it is finished. He crowned you with tenderness and consideration. And it doesn't stop there. That definition is he gives himself fully over to you. 
The scripture said that the Lord is merciful and gracious. He is slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not strive with us with his anger. He will not keep his anger with us. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. Can I just say this to somebody in here today? Every time you make a mistake, God is not done with you. God is not mad at you. My Bible says that it's his kindness and his goodness that leads to repentance. God doesn't throw you out every time that you made a mistake. Who told you that? Who lied to you? Because that is not the God that we serve and that is not the God of the Bible. I came to encourage somebody this morning that I don't care what mistake you made last night. I don't care what mistake you made last month. I don't care what mistakes you've been making over the last 5, 10, or 20 years we serve a God whose loving kindness and his perfect plan of redemption is able to redeem you and he is able to forgive you and he not only does that he throws it as far as the east is from the west do you know that scientists believe that our universe and I don't trust everything they said but this kind of matches up with the bible but they say that they think that our universe is expanding from east to west not north to south but from east to west so what that scripture tells me is that every time you make a mistake and you repent from it God throws it as far as the east is from the west and it ain't hit somewhere somewhere it ain't landed somewhere it's just keeping going and going and going and going and going I sound like the energizer bunny don't I but guess what your sin that you've repented of it just keeps going and going and going and going and going and the Bible also says that God throws your sin into a sea of forgetfulness come on I said a sea of forgetfulness and can I help us this morning God ain't scuba diving God ain't got no scuba gear God ain't trying to go dig up what you did last month that you repented of God ain't trying to dig up your past God ain't trying to dig up what you did 10 years ago God isn't looking to dig up your mistakes but he has thrown it into a sea of forgetfulness and when he said it is finished it is finished Come on, if you thankful for a God that said your junk is finished, I wish you'd stand on your feet and begin to give God a great big praise for great big forgiveness. Give God a great big praise for a great big mercy seat. Come on, where sin does abound, the Bible says grace does that much more abound. Did you catch what he said there too? He won't hold his anger forever. See, people don't want to talk about this anymore, but we preach the whole Bible here. Yes, you can do heinous things or keep repeating a pattern that God told you to stop that actually angers your father. Oh, it's quiet in here. (laughs) God didn't stop being God. God didn't change. Yes, there's mercy, but, but you can still do things that aggravate your father. My kids still do things that aggravate me, but it does not mean that I do not love them. It does not mean that I do not nurture them. It does not mean that I do not care for them. It does not mean that I do not discipline them. Amen. Come on. How many of you know fathers can get mad sometimes? But the Bible gave you another great big promise. It says that he does not hold that anger there comes a time when God says yeah they aggravated me 
but I remember that they are dust. Oh, did y'all miss that from the initial text? The Bible says that he remembers that we are dust. There it is for all you note takers. Come on. This is how you know the scripture is true and that he's good and he's merciful and he's slow to anger and that he doesn't keep his anger. If he ever does get angry, number one is he doesn't deal with you according to your sins, your iniquities, as it says in verse 10. And in verse 12, it says that he remembers that you are but dust. The Bible said that he remembers your frame. Y'all okay? God remembers your frame. He remembers that you came from the dust. He remembers the day that he was playing with the mud and the dirt and shaping Adam. And he breathed into his nostrils and he created a living being. And then after that, we as the, as the people on the earth, we came in that same fashion. Amen. Until you get born again. And then you get born into the second Adam, which is Jesus. Amen. But he remembers that your flesh is but dust. Amen. God is gracious and merciful to you because he knows what you're made out of. And until you get that new glorified spiritual body, you are still going to have a few issues. Touch your neighbor and tell him I got issues. (laughs) Some of y'all got more than others. Praise God. (laughs) Come on. You might have some issues, but we have a God who can fix them. Come on, we have a God who forgives them. We have a God that the longer you walk with him, the more that you will look like him. Because my Bible says that you were predestined to be conformed into the image of a son. So you were predestined to be conformed and shaped and molded to eventually that the longer you walk with God, the longer you walk with the Holy Spirit, the longer you get in that Bible, which is a mirror, and you can become a reflection of Jesus Christ. Amen. I got to hurry. Here we go. I'm almost done. Y'all okay? Don't say that. I'm kidding. Here we go. Now watch this. My, my point four is this. Did you catch that little quote in the scripture that said, for those who fear him? Those who fear him. Now watch out. Here I come. Because you can't miss this in the text either. David, the psalmist, knows that he is writing a powerful truth in this moment. You know, he, he has given the preacher some good shouting material. He's given us material that will make us shout and make us dance and make us run a lap. It's good to know that, excuse me, God is merciful. It feels good to understand that he crowns you with loving kindness. It feels good to know that there are benefits to serving a great big and a good God. It's incredible to know that he's healed us and saved us from destruction. It's incredible to know that he's not angry. It's incredible to know that he pities us as a father, as the scripture said. It's incredible to know that he's thrown our sins as far as the east is from the west. But don't miss this. There is a qualification for all All of those things that he mentioned. There is a qualification for all of it. David and the word of God here says these things that we have been excited about as I have been preaching. These things are for those who fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Let me explain this too. The fear of the Lord is a healthy awe and a healthy reverence for who he is and what he has done. 
Our nation is in the state that our nation is because we lack in the department of the fear of the Lord. And the church, capital C Church, has lost some of this as well. Jesus puts it like this. The fear, well, let me say this. The fear of the Lord is not you scared of him because you think he's going to destroy you, although he could, because Jesus puts it like this. Why are y'all scared of mankind? Only thing they can do is they can destroy the body. But why do you not fear God who can destroy both the body and the soul and you end up in hell separated from God for an eternity? Miles Rutherford said this a couple of weeks ago. He says, when you come out, you look like your mom and dad when you're born. But when you die, you look like your decisions. He says it there, too. One reason why you should fear God is because you're like a grass. You're like a piece of grass and you're like a piece of flower. You are here one day, but you can be gone tomorrow. You are here in this hour, but you could be gone in the next hour. Why do you not fear God? Why do you not fear God? The word of God says, I have set before you this day life and death. Choose life. You have a free will, and you can choose to honor God with your life or dishonor God with your life. You can choose to walk in an awe and a healthy reverence of the Lord God Almighty, or you can just shake your fist in the sky and be your own God. You know, there's so many people out there that say, well, I don't believe in God and and things like that. And let me tell you, you believe in a God, but you're the God. Because you make the decisions based off of the way that you want to do things and how you want to live. You're your own God and you've elevated your place and you've elevated a throne in your heart that you're sitting on when the king of glory belongs on it. If you want, God is saying something here to us today. This is the scriptures. Y'all don't get mad at me. Come on, I know we were shouting and dancing before. Don't get mad at me, but I'm, I'm just telling you, God is saying something today, and he said it all throughout the scriptures. He is saying that if you want the grace and the mercy, it is, it's not free. It's paid for. It was paid for on Calvary. But he's saying it is available to you, but will you walk in the fear of the Lord? That mercy that you're needing, that I need, that we need, the fear of the Lord, Let me say this, too. The fear of the Lord doesn't say, how far can I go before I cross the line? The fear of the Lord says, how far can I stay back from the line? The fear of the Lord says, how far can I stay back from the line? See, we've gotten to a place in the American church where we're trying to blur the line, and unfortunately, this is nothing new. I quoted it to you earlier, James, uh, uh, no, Jude, the, the brother of Jesus himself. The brother of Jesus himself. Play something lightly for me, Caleb. Sugar, make the medicine go down. The brother of Jesus himself says, I longed to write to you to talk to you about this precious 
faith that we have shared, yet I got to write to you about wolves in sheep's clothing that tell you you can live however you want. Repeat this little prayer and ask Jesus into your heart and you can do whatever you want and live however you want and you're going to go to heaven one day. It ain't in there. And I'm just going to be honest, church, I'm not going to stand before God one day and give an account for my life and say, and God tell me, they was in Legacy Church, but you didn't tell them. We do not get to separate the grace and wonderful mercy of God from the fear of the Lord. They go hand in hand. Read the text. They, they go hand you don't, we don't get to separate them. We don't get to put one over here and one over there. And when we're having good days, we're all about holiness and righteousness. And when we're having bad days, we're all about grace. And we can do this and we can do that. No, 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 no. My friend, they go together. Y'all have heard me say this a million times. A true revelation of God's grace is like jet fuel for righteousness. It's like jet fuel for righteousness. It's like jet fuel for doing the right thing. Because when you read scriptures like this and you realize, dude, I have been jacked up. I have been messed up. I have been sinful. I have done some crazy stuff in my life. Yet God loves me and he has a plan for me. And his plans are to prosper me and not to harm me. He throws my sin as far as the east is from the west. And he throws my sin into a sea of forgetfulness. And he doesn't count my junk against me. I've got to wake up and serve the Lord. I've got to give him my everything. And 1 John writes it like this. I'm going to give you the CMV version. The Kayla McCall version. It's the hood version. Don't get it twisted. Those who practice righteousness are righteous. That's the scriptures, y'all. You understand this too? And I know this is hard. I know this is hard, but we, we're going to be all right. We're going to leave this place better for it. Do you know that 1 John also says that if you go on continuing in sin, that you've neither seen the Father nor know Him, and you ain't been born again, but you've been born of your father, the devil. He's writing to Christians. Playing with the grace and the mercy of God is an extremely dangerous place to be, my friends. Because whether you want to or not, you will stand before him. And you will give an account for your life. And he'll say, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with what I so freely gave? What did you do? With the anointing that I put on your life. You understand that the things that you are good at, God placed those things on the inside of you for his glory and your good. You ain't just talented playing instruments for no reason. He gave you a gift to glorify him. You're not just an eloquent speaker. Maybe he's called you to be a preacher. Come on, somebody. You're not, you're not just good with the clippers, Jeff, for no reason. You got them. They ain't going nowhere. As soon as you hit that first stroke on them, brother, they ain't getting up. You got them in the chair for the next 30 minutes, bro. At the salon, 
You got them for the next 30 minutes to an hour. God has given you talents and giftings and anointings. Mamas, stay-at-home mamas, God's given you a talent and a gifting and anointing to raise those babies up so that the children and the grandchildren can see you walking in the fear of the Lord. And the Bible says that they will not depart. And if they do, they'll be like me and have an epiphany one day and say, what am I doing? The Bible says that the prodigal son was sitting in a pig's pen. And the Bible says that he came to himself. One of my favorite texts in all of the Bible. The Bible says he, he just, he came to himself and he said, I've got to get back in my father's house. Even the lowliest of the low there are blessed. And the first shall become last, and the last shall be first. I've got more notes, but I feel something here. I've got more points, but I feel something here. Come on, with head bows and eye closed in this room. Shut yourself away with the Lord, because this is serious business. Worship team, y'all go ahead and come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I'm about to ask you something very serious. If you're in this room and you've never truly given your life to Jesus Christ, today is your day. All of those things that I was just mentioning, all of those things that I was talking about, they're available to you. The forgiveness of God, the restoration of God, the plans and purposes of God that he wants to put on your life. Being saved from eternal damnation and entering into the kingdom of God on this earth and in eternity. Hell is still real. I know preachers don't talk about this much, but hell is still real and hell is still hot. And Jesus says it's a place where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth. And people that don't fear him end up there by their own decisions, not because he puts them there. So watch this. If you're in the room and you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm not talking about just saying a prayer one time. I'm talking about really giving him your life 100% all the way, no questions asked, I got to give my life to Jesus today and get born again. If that's you in the room, I just ask that you lift your hand. Not here to call you out, not here to embarrass you. One. Anybody else, today's your day. Two. Come on, today is your day. Eternity is fixing to write your name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Three. Forever. Anybody else? Still shut away with the Lord. I want everybody in this room to repeat this prayer after me as the family of God. Repeat what I'm about to say. And those three who lifted your hand, don't say it if you don't mean it. This prayer ain't going to save you if you don't mean it. But if you mean it, God will write your name down in the Lamb's book of life and you shall be saved. Those who believe in the Lord and confess with their heart, well, confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, they shall be saved. Everybody in the room, Father God, I believe in you. I believe in your son, Jesus Christ. I give you my life. I repent 
of my sins. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. For I'm all yours. I need you. I need your spirit. I can't do this on my own. I know that you're faithful. And you'll do it for me, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, can we lose our mind for 10 seconds? For three souls that entered in. Stand with me real quick. Stand with me real quick. We're not done. I need five minutes. Five minutes. Because I'm going to be obedient to what the Lord asked me to do this morning. Don't worry, the buffet still be open at 1230. I'm, I'm serious though. Watch this. We need, you need, I need the grace and the mercy of a good God. Amen? Y'all know that, right? That we need that. That we need that. And on this text, too, I want y'all to notice this. In this text, the, the, the fear of the Lord is coupled with those who obey the commandments of the Lord and those who are living right and doing right. Let me tell you right now, I don't care if you've been serving God 30, 40, 50 years, we still need the mercy of a good God. We still need His grace. And I'm going to ask the worship team to go into the song, and I'm just going to open the altars, and just like last week, I'm joining you. I'm joining you. I'm I'm responding to my own altar call. But as they sing this, I'm going to implore you to get Barak with the Lord. To get prostrate, to posture your body somewhere in this room. These altars are open in your chair. Lay out, get on your knees. I don't care what you got to do, but bless the Lord, oh, your soul. Barak him. Pray, pray with supplication. Pray with supplication. Pray with the position of your body matching the posture of your heart for this. Here it is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. For, there to, for us in this room to be baptized in the fear of the Lord. For us to be baptized in awe and wonder of His throne and how the angels are going around it over and over and over again singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Do you understand what they're doing? The holiness doesn't mean perfection, although he is perfect. They're saying holy. They're saying, God, you're different. You're distinct. They cover their eyes with their wings. With three wings. With wings, they cover their feet. With wings, they cover their eyes. And with another set of wings, they fly. And they're going around the throne singing holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. When people would get, when Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 6, he got in the presence of the Lord. And the Bible says that he fell down like a dead man and said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips with a people from unclean lips. But God made it right. I'm asking just a couple of minutes. Make way in these altars. If you want to be baptized in the fear of the Lord. As Bella sings this song, I just want you to rush up to this altar on the count of three. One, two, three. Get to the altar. Come on, get to the altar. Let's get baptized in the fear of the Lord. Shut yourself away with God. Postrate. 
Posture yourself. Position yourself to get right with God today. For the fear of the Lord to penetrate your heart, to penetrate your mind, to penetrate every fiber of your being that says, I want to serve a holy God. Come on, if you're there in your seat, make room. Get on your knees. Pray. Fold your hands. Pray with supplication and usher in the fear of the Lord in your life. Come on, worship team. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode on Kingdom Conversations. If this ministry and podcast is blessing you and you would like to support, please go to the legacychurch.online. Also, if you would like to connect with me more, we can do that on social media. On Instagram, I'm under Pastor Caleb Mack. On TikTok, Pastor Caleb Mack. And as well as Facebook under Caleb McCall. Until next time on the show, be blessed and be a blessing.